Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 92, verses 1 through 4 and 12 through 15. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night, to the music of the lute and the harp, to the melody of the lyre. For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands I sing for joy. The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They're planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. In old age, they still produce fruit. They're always green and full of sap, showing that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 26 through chapter 11, verse 8. Solomon gathered together chariots and horses. He had 1,400 chariots and 12,000 horses, which he stationed on the chariot cities and with the king in Jerusalem. The king made silver as common in Jerusalem as stones, and he made cedars as numerous as the sycamores of the Shephelah. Solomon's import of horses was from Egypt and Kew, and the king's traders received them from Kew at a price. A chariot could be imported from Egypt for 600 shekels of silver and a horse for 150. So through the king's traders, they were all they were exported to all the kings of the Hittites and the kings of Aram. King Solomon loved many foreign women, along with the daughter of Pharaoh, Moabite, Ammonite, Edomite, Sidonian, and Hittite women, from the nations concerning which the Lord had said to the Israelites, You shall not enter into marriage with them, neither shall they with you, for they will surely incline your heart to follow their gods. Solomon clung to these in love. Among his wives were seven hundred princesses and three hundred concubines, and his wives turned away his heart. For when Solomon was old, his wives turned away his heart after the other gods, and his heart was not true to the Lord his God, as was the heart of his father David. For Solomon followed Astarte, the goddess of the Sidonians, and Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. So Solomon did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and did not completely follow the Lord as his father David had. Then Solomon built a high place for, at, for Chemosh, the abomination of Moab, and for Molech, the abomination of the Ammonites, on the mountain east of Jerusalem. He did the same for all his foreign wives, who offered incense and sacrifice to their gods. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 4-7 through 7. By faith Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain's. Through this, he received approval as righteous, God himself giving approval to his gifts. He died, but through his faith he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken so that he did not experience death, and he was not found, and he was not found because God had taken him. For it was attested before that he was taken away that he had pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God, for whoever would approach him must believe that he exists, and that he rewards those who seek him. By faith, Noah Warned, about, warned by God about the events as yet unseen, respected the warning, and built an ark to, uh, to save his household. 
By this he condemned the world and became an heir to the righteousness that is in accordance with faith. Good morning and welcome to the second Friday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Frederick, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 92, 1 Kings 10, and Hebrews chapter 11. And the central feature of this morning's readings this morning's readings is is faith. Um, it comes through pretty strongly in the New Testament reading in Hebrews, um, it, which makes this pretty uh, notable uh, observation that it's impossible to please faith or please God without faith because um, you have to believe that God exists in order to approach God. Um, but it's faith is is more than that, and because it's more than that, um, it's also uh, more nuanced and complicated. Um, I've always had this like kind of on again, off again, uh, not faith, but uh, interest in Solomon. Um, and Solomon is uh, one of David's children, not by um, not the, by incest. That child died in childbirth, um, but he's one of David's sons by Bathsheba, and Bathsheba he he stole and he he sent her husband to his death and so he's born um uh in wedlock but um kind of through this story of betrayal um and it's you know it's not anything solomon did and and david kind of did the right thing by marrying uh bathsheba um but it's it's complicated um and solomon has this kind of complicated relationship in israel's history as well he brought and oversaw um, great prosperity and wealth, which we read about early in the in the passage from First um, Kings. Um, but that that affluence also brought a certain um, it, it, it brought other things as well. Um, and Solomon, when he uh, uh, rebuilt the temple. It was about a third of the size of the palace. I remember doing this, like Bible study, and making this this image of you know taking the the measurements and uh, building out what the what the the temple looked like and the palace looked like. And you find that he built the palace and the temple using slave labor. He imported all this stuff. Um, in contrast to the tabernacle, when um, everything was built, you know by uh, craftsmen, willing craftsmen, without pay, um, but it wasn't slave labor. It, it was said that it came out of the overflowing of everyone's gifts. And so there's this stark contrast between Israel's narrative heritage and what Solomon does, and he's not a bad person. Um, you know, God uh, says that He will give him whatever He asks for. And he asks for wisdom, and wisdom is good, um, but it's not everything. Uh, Solomon also loved women, not just wisdom. And that you know, there's some debate about you know what uh, marriage and monogamy looked like in the ancient Near East. But um, he had a shit ton of wives. And again, the the narrative history that Israel has um, carried through time is uh, you know one of the things that we think about now. I don't know if it was important then. I think it was, but. Um, you know, don't intermarry. Maintain ethnic, uh, if not purity, certainly integrity. 
Um, and the reason that God says that is that um, you know the the people that you love will draw you to them, and if they aren't one of us, they you know loving them will draw you away from me, God. Um, and so uh, you know it's it, you know clearly he had all these wives, all these concubines, so like fidelity was not important to Solomon, um, but that extended to fidelity to God and. The more prosperous Israel became, the more it didn't rely on God. Um, and it wasn't so bad that you know Solomon was waging war against all these people. It was that he you know, let his guard down um, and strayed from God and began doing things that God really doesn't like, which is to set up altars to other gods, to honor other gods that don't exist, that have, no, that have ears but don't hear and eyes but don't see, you know, these idols. Um, that we tell ourselves have all this power, um, but really it's just a way of, you know, kind of avoiding reality. Um, and so the the issue of faith um, is complicated because it's not just about doing the right things. Um, it's about being a good person, the right kind of person, and that involves both doing the right thing and also um, not doing the wrong thing. And so a lot of, um, I think, it, you know, there's, uh, maybe you know this kind of person that like, they're not a bad person. They're just kind of clueless in some, some ways that leads to heartache uh, that makes you think they're, you know, they're kind of selfish and not this overt way, but like they just don't get it. Um, and I remember, I won't say who it is, but I'm the kind of person, if you haven't picked up already, that really likes deep, engaging conversations, like to think about things, you know, I'm an ideas person. And those people, and there's, uh, and because of that, because I like to think a lot and verbally process and everything, um, it's important to me in relationship to be able to do that. Um, and there's uh, this one person I have in mind, like I, I, I realized that this person and other people by extension just aren't, they aren't there with me. Um, and it's not that they're bad people. It's not that they're bad people. But, you know, not, you know, constantly pruning, you know, the, the kind of fig tree of who you are and who, what your soul is, um, which I think that would entail. I think it, it, it requires a certain awareness and responsiveness to things outside yourself. Um, I was joking with Laura, not about this person, but another person that like um, there is some difficulty in a relationship and uh, the other party had said, you know, they never asked me how my day went. And on the one hand, it's like, you, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That, that could really be frustrating. And uh, if this person had just like put it in their calendar or written on their hand, which is, you know, God tells them to do this thing, to write it on your hands and your forehead, wrap it around your forearm, you know, the Shema, God, the Lord your God is one. Um, if if this person had just done that and just, just asked, even unthinkingly, um, what kind of uh, good that would have done for that relationship. And it's not that this person is a bad person. I mean, they're, they're enjoyable. They're, they connect with people. But there's just something missing. And that's what I think faith is the same way. Solomon was not a bad person. He provided for his people um, as a king. It sounds as though he was 
really good. He didn't start unnecessary wars. He made sure everybody had enough. But he missed out on one very important thing. Uh, he, he let his guard down in, um, in the relationship that mattered most, which is the king to the God, our God. And this is, you know, I think the Christian era is different. I'm not saying that there's a Christian king or whatever. Um, but, you know, you let these little things in. You forget or, or neglect, you know, one or two things. They begin to grow over time. Um, fidelity, you know, if not monogamy, I, I, I just don't know, but fidelity. Um, if that's not important to you, it becomes less important and it, become, it begins to define um, your relationship to God. And that's what we see in Solomon. Um, he had faith, but it wasn't the kind of faith that, um, that was fully formed and healthy. And I think we see that in his character in the Bible. Like he's, he's just kind of there. He's not horrible. He's not great. He just, he just is. Um, you know, it reminds me of the passage from the New Testament about, you know, you are neither, you know, warm or cold. You're lukewarm. And so I'll spit you out of my mouth. Like Solomon just, you know, what do you do with him? Um, he, do, he doesn't really make it into these lists of heroes in the New Testament and elsewhere. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why is that his, his faith um, became lukewarm, if it was ever anything but, I don't know. Um, but by taking a kind of laissez-faire attitude to his faith and how that shaped his faith his fidelity, literally, to other people, not just to God, but to relationships, um, you know, that kind of seed of, of, you know, kind of doubt and, and problems, they began to seep in, um, and it's Solomon's sons that begin to fight over the kingdom, and it becomes a divided kingdom. Um, and so our faith must be guarded, it must be pruned and, and maintained, um, and that involves in part, um, you know, being on guard to, to kind of, you know, where our weak points are and correcting for them. You know, one little thing every morning. You know, maybe it's not how was your day. Maybe it's sitting down and, and just having a, a thought uh, about God, for God, to God. Um, you, know, you know, mining your own heart for what it means to, um, to have that warm, you know, steamy hot cup of faith or the refreshing, you know, cold cup of, I don't know, hedonism or something, I don't know. Um, because our faith, um, you know, our, our spiritual lives, uh, they, you know, they are soldiers. Our souls are soldiers and there's a spiritual battle at place. And this is precisely what that battle requires of us is careful attention to spiritual matters, to... Um, uh, notions and the integrity of our faith, um, because without it, without constantly, you know, being on guard and being attentive to our own souls, and the souls, you know, that we find ourselves in relationship with, will slip and become those, you know, kind of people where it's, you know, you don't know what to do with. I'd rather be remembered for the things that I I try to do well, like like David, he made a lot of fuck ups. Um, but he's remembered because when he fucked up, he came back around and he was always aware of how he fucked up um, and responsive to what he needed to do to make things right. And that's what I think God 
and our faith calls us to each and every day. A prayer for the right use of God's gifts from the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty God, whose loving hand has given us all that we possess, grant us grace that we may honor you with our substance, and, remembering the account which we must one day give, may be faithful stewards of your bounty through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with Pew Pew HQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.